Coming up next on Abounding Grace. Listen, you can believe if you want to believe. But if you don't want to believe, you won't. And that's a sad place to be. And you don't want to give up on the people that refuse to believe because there could be a moment in time and there will be where they will change their mind because the Spirit of God brought conviction upon their heart. And I'm sure that's a testimony of many of you where you didn't believe, but now you do believe and God wants to do a work in your life. And here you are. God, what am I here for? This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sleep done for me. It's time once again for Abounding Grace, online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We would like to invite you to join us in John chapter 10 as we study through the Bible and learn of God's abounding grace. We all know of people that stubbornly refuse to believe in Jesus, even though they've heard the truth and been given all the evidence to support the Bible's claims. Now, while you might be tempted to give up on them, We'll see today there's good reason to have hope. Here's Pastor Ed. Jesus was set apart for a very specific purpose. Well, he didn't come by accident. He came on purpose. And he was sent. He left his earthly home and came in the form of a human being. Remember, he, didn't, he wasn't equal with us in the sense that, that he absolutely went through everything that we did. Instead, he was not identical to us. He was identified with us because he avoided something that none of us could avoid. <laughs> he was able to live life in a human body without sin. Can you imagine? That's the promise of heaven. In our new body, sinlessly living out eternity, it's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. It's the same words that describes you and me in our relationship with the Lord. You too are set apart for the work of God. You too are consecrated. Another Bible word, same meaning. Consecrated for a specific work of God. Some of you have been set apart and sanctified as a mom. Some of you have been set apart as a dad or a grandparent. Some of you have been set apart as a boss or as a doctor. Some of you have been set aside as and set apart as a police officer or a firefighter. Some of you have been set apart to work on the phones or in a cubicle. Some of you have been set apart to, to run numbers and, and do the paperwork and all the... You have been set apart. God has you where you're at for a reason and a purpose. But here's the problem. We live in a very sin-sick world. So where we've been set apart gets really hard and it gets really difficult. And you know what, as well as I do, when things get hard and difficult, the temptation to become a murmurer and a complainer just seems to show up. It's just like, man, I hate my job. And I hate this season of my life. And it's really hard, Ed. I hate being a single mom. And I hate being a single dad. And, and I hate driving. And, I, and, and you begin to think, man, the very place that God has set you apart for has now become an issue that you don't embrace by the will of God. And, and it's, it's really something the Lord put on my heart last night as I was listening to Pastor Matt share the announcements. And I was listening to him share about the response service and how we gather together. 
as a church, we, we invite believers to come together the first Sunday of every month. Sometimes we change it like we did coming up in September because it's a holiday. And we want as many people to be there as possible. So we moved it so that we can have as many people there. And, and so many of you have chosen not to come to this response service or this believers meeting. Or sometimes we refer to it as an afterglow. It's a place where we gather as believers to really just wait on the Lord. To, to see the gifts of the Spirit and to experience the gifts of the Spirit being exercised. Sometimes the, we're, we're open. We don't have a schedule to it. We're just waiting on God. And so sometimes it, those, those afterglows will become a time of praying for the sick. Other times there seems to be a great emphasis on reading the Scriptures. Other times there's a prophetic word where the Word of God is spoken forth. Sometimes there's the exercise of the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues as someone is so welled up with this beautiful prayer language where the freedom there, where we invite believers there, and we say, hey, if that's a gifting that you have, we can allow two to three to do it, and so go ahead and go for it as unto the Lord. Express yourself, and we'll wait for the interpretation. But a lot of you, you're like, I'm not going to that. I'm not going to some tongue-speaking prophecy. You got, I don't want to be all weirded out, man. And I'm just telling you that the gifts of the Spirit don't weird people out. People might weird people out, and if that ever happens, and you know, somebody's there and it's just all weird, we're just going to, after he's done weirding out, we're just going to put our arm around him. We're going to walk him outside and say, dude, why are you weirding people out? <laughs> this is what the Bible has to say. And, and you have to understand, some of you come from such a really conservative background that maybe you even were raised being taught that some gifts of the Spirit aren't for today. That's not what the Bible teaches. And so you're a little afraid of, well, wait a minute, I'm not sure about that. And, and I respect that. I would just challenge you to study the Scriptures. Just look at the Scriptures. There's really only one Scripture in all the Bible that might even hint that some of the gifts would not be needed. It's 1 Corinthians 13.10. But the context couldn't possibly be the conclusion that some gifts aren't for today. It just couldn't possibly be. So you come from that conservative point, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to be open to what God might want to do. And then on the other side, some of you come from just a really wild background in the Spirit. You're like, oh, I'm not going to response because they're just going to be hanging on the chandeliers, man. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm going to, right now, I'm telling you, I promise you that nobody will hang on chandeliers. I promise you. You know why? We don't have any chandeliers. We're good. We made sure of it. And I don't even know what that means and what it even looks like, but I get the picture, you know. It's not like that. The emphasis isn't on the bizarre. The emphasis is on the Lord. And the Lord is not bizarre. He's a gentleman, and he loves to speak through his people. I remember it made me, caused me to think back when I was in South Africa a couple years ago teaching at the pastor's conference there. The Lord gave me a strong impression to share during a time of prayer that there was a brother in the gathering that, or there was someone in the gathering that needed to stop being controlled by fear and take the step of faith. Like the Lord is saying you must take the step of faith. And then there was another pastor in another session that shared something. And another pastor, well, that was for a brother that was in that. He, he was there praying about moving to the area of Durban up north of Cape Town and planting a church. But he was so captivated with fear that he had come out to the conference to receive a word from the Lord. And not only did he receive a word from the Lord, he received three words from the Lord. And today he's pastoring up in Durban right now as I speak. I mean, that's the Lord. He wants to speak. 
Now, I don't think that we segregate only God speaks at this response service. Of course not. God, God spoke to me as I was listening to Matt read the announcements last night and just say, you know what? That fits so well, Ed. You need to share that with the people. And that's where we kind of, I just kind of inserted it here today because I'm going to ask you. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you prayed and fasted and asked God what you've been sanctified and set apart for? When's the last time you really sought the Lord for what he wants for you to do on the earth today? Not last week, not last year, but that confirming word that you would just pray and fast and wait for the Lord to give you a word and encouragement so you know that you are where you are by the will of God. Let me show you what it looks like. One of the places I think describes an afterglow very well, Acts chapter 13. Turn with me, Acts chapter 13. See, Jesus was sanctified in sin. He knew what he was set apart for. He was sin in the world, and he always did what the Father, what pleased the Father. This is no time for us. Church, it's no time for us to play at religion and become like religious people. And we just kind of in and out of church and, you know, not really ever change, not really wanting to be changed, not making an impact on those that are around us. It's time to pray and fast. Ask God what he wants to do in your life. Ask God why you're working where you're working. Ask God why, unfortunately, you might be as a single parent today or your marriage is on the rocks or you're having a hard time where you're living or you're not making enough money or you're wondering what God's spiritual call. I mean, you name it. You need to ask God what he's doing in your life, how he wants to work all things together for the good, for those that love him, those that are called according to his purpose. You want to have that affirmed. The Bible says to make your calling and election sure. So check this out, Acts chapter 13. You would think that the evangelistic church in the New Testament would have been the church in Jerusalem. I mean, a church where 3,000 people get saved, thousands of people get saved at at one time. But it wasn't the evangelistic church. The evangelistic church actually was in Antioch. That's where they were sending missionaries out. You see, Jerusalem sent people out only because of persecution. Persecution will do that. It'll move you. It'll move you to action. But you don't have to be persecuted. Like, the Holy Spirit can move you to action too. Which do you want? Do you want to take a survey? Do you guys want tribulation to move you? Or the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. So check this out. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. And by the way, at our response gathering, it's an all hands on deck for the pastors. The pastors need to be there. But they don't just need to be there for attendance sake. They need to be praying and fasting and seeking the Lord so that they can be open to a work of the Spirit. So the pastors are there. And when we're here, when I'm in town, I'm there. And I want to be a part of it because I just don't want to, I just don't want to speak a word. I want a word. I want to hear from the Lord. I want things confirmed in my life. I'm praying about things that are outside of my control right now. And I'm waiting for the word from the Lord when he tells me it's over. Are you waiting for anything to be over right now? I'm waiting for things to be over. And so each time I open the scriptures, my ears are tuned. Lord, is it today? Is it today? And even if he says, no, it's not today, son, you keep waiting. That's an affirming word to me that I can trust my God while I'm waiting. That he is at work behind the scenes, even if I don't see it. And so there they were, the prophets and the teachers. And then he names them Barnabas, Simeon, Niger, or was also called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Those were the guys there along with the church. And notice it says, as they ministered to the Lord. This is the the environment that we want to create. Now, in this gathering, 
we are gathering primarily to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in prayer, in fellowship, and the breaking of bread. So our Sunday services, our Saturday services, our Wednesday services, those larger gatherings, though Acts chapter 242 is a large priority. Now you might break off after a service and begin to minister to the Lord with a brother or sister, and that's great. Or you get involved in a smaller group, that's great. But for the afterglow, we have a specific goal, and that is let's start ministering to the Lord. Even during worship, Pastor Ian will do that with you. At the end of a song, he'll just say, you guys, start, start praising God. Uh, I'll, I'll even say, you know what? We just all need to pray out loud. Or um, Tyra did that last time where she just like, let's, let's minister. Let's give ourselves to the Lord. Oxa will do that. The, the worship leaders are trained. To, if they sense the Spirit moving, they, they've been trained to, let's, man, let's take the church where the Holy Spirit wants to go. We're not just caught up on time and, well, wait a minute. We have two songs and song number two has to end at three. You know, you know we, don't even, we don't even do that. Just we just, Ian and the worship leaders, they pray and they're just open to the Lord. That's why sometimes, you know, the words aren't up there. That's because Ian picked a song that he didn't pick earlier. The Lord just gave it to him. And you go, what's the, you know, and you're like, I don't know the song. Just, just then, if you don't know the song that Ian's kind of sharing with us, because if we don't have words, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to hum it. Just hum it. You know, you can get through anything just humming. You know that? Or whistle. Or whatever you need to do. You don't need to know. You know, just like, Lord, this is, I don't know this song, but it, I'm just going to listen to the words. I'm just going to let them soak in. And I'm just going to give myself to you through this song. I mean, it's amazing what you can do. So, so we set aside a time to minister to the Lord, and, and we also encourage prayer and fasting. You don't have to wait for our all-church prayer and fasting, although it's coming up. You can pray and fast at any time, all the time. Jesus expects it from us. So they're praying, they're fasting, they're ministering to the Lord. And then we're going to read these next four words together. Are you ready? We're going to read them together. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, ready? The said. Don't miss that. The Holy Spirit spoke in the midst of the gathering. Now, how do you suppose he spoke? Do you think it was a, a voice from through the roof? You know, the roof opened up and the heavens opened up. And it, he, do you think that's how it happened? I don't think so. You know how I think he spoke? Through the teachers and the prophets that were there waiting to hear. And as there was a reception and an openness, like Jesus said in Revelation, to he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You know, what the Spirit has to say to the church. When you come expectant, you can expect God to speak. And I believe it was the teachers and the prophets that spoke. And I don't know if you've ever really appreciated this, but I hope you do by the time you leave today, that you would appreciate the speak, spoken word of the Holy Spirit through. Of course, we've looked at this in depth, so please don't misunderstand me. The spoken word of the Holy Spirit through pastors or teachers isn't going to contradict the word of God. It isn't going to be something weird. It's not going to add to the word of God. None of that. That is not what the Bible teaches. But I'll tell you what, it will sometimes sound like this. Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. You guys need to send Barnabas and Saul on the first missionary journey. That's what you need to do. And what did they do? Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, sent them away. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Actively leading, actively guiding, equipping, confirming, and sending out in the church. Now back in John chapter 10... You can see in the life of Jesus, he was both sanctified and sent from the Father. And God wants you to do that. So I just want to encourage you to come out to our afterglows. Wait on the Lord. I know the Lord will use it in your life. 
I know you'll be encouraged. If you have questions about the gift of tongues or you have questions about the interpretation of tongues, you have questions about the afterglow, just go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, and just put in the search engine, afterglow. And I taught a Bible study on it from the Word. Just put in the search engine, tongues, and I taught a Bible study both on the tongues and the interpretation of tongues. It's all there. You can see biblically how it gets lived out in the life of the church. But really, that's not, we're not gathering so that, you know, we can just hear someone speak in tongues. We're gathering so we can hear from the Lord. That's why we gather. God, speak to us on this earth because we're awaiting your soon return. And notice what Jesus says as we wind down back now in verse 37. If I do not do the works of my Father, don't believe me. But if I do... Though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hands. This is the third time now he's had to escape out of their hands. And what is he doing? Answering the questions that they're asking. But why do they want to kill him? Because they're asking questions but not wanting an answer. Listen, you can believe if you want to believe. But if you don't want to believe, you won't. And that's a sad place to be. And you don't want to give up on the people that refuse to believe because there could be a moment in time and there will be where they will change their mind because the Spirit of God brought conviction upon their heart. And I'm sure that's a testimony of many of you where you didn't believe, but now you do believe and God wants to do a work in your life. And here you are. God, what am I here for? And it says in verse 40, they went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first. And there they stayed. It's about a 20-mile journey. So again, more time has passed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. So both Jesus, when he says, well, if you don't believe what I say, look at my works. Like, look at my works. If I don't do the work of God, don't believe me. But if I do, then use that as a place to show you that I've been sent and sanctified and sent by God. Well, now John the Baptist, same thing. Same thing takes place. Long after he dies, he's got a testimony of his life backing up his words. In church, your life must back up your words. Your life has to back up your words. Because if they're not going to listen to your words, what do they got left? Your life. They have your life. The works of your life. The manner of your life. Your life matters. Sometimes it will matter even more than your words. And, and I'm encouraged because here at the end, we, we look at all this resistance. According to Luke chapter 13, the heart of Jesus, verses 34 and 35, he cries out, he says, Oh Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather you to myself. I mean, he's got this tender heart. You could say, even in the context of our city, oh, Aurora, oh, Denver, oh, Denver, how often I wanted to gather you to myself. And then he says, but you were not willing. And you know, if you focus, if you and I focus on all the unwillingness in the world today, all the people that just, you know, they're just going overboard and over the edge, resisting God and living in sin, it can be really discouraging. It can be very frustrating we can become upset and mad at the condition of the world. Or we could focus on verse 42. Jesus just moved on from the unwilling people, and he went to others, and many believed in him. 
We focus on what God is doing instead of what God's not doing. See, if you focus on the unwillingness, you're focusing on man. But when you focus on what God's doing and people getting saved, then your, your perspective is right. You're seeing what God is doing on the earth today. You're seeing what God wants to do on the earth. As we look to the belief, we're uplifted, we're encouraged that Jesus can still reach many. And as we close, I want to encourage you with the testimony of John. Notice, long after his death, his faithful witness was still bearing fruit. He didn't do any miracles, it says. He performed no sign. He didn't do any miracles. He didn't have any healing crusades. He actually had what we would call today a ministry in the shadows. And what a great shadow to have, you know. He was serving in the shadow of Messiah. The one that he said, I, you know, there's one coming after me that I'm not even worthy to tie up his sandals. I, I don't even have, I'm not even worthy to take care of his shoes. Or the same Messiah that he would point to and say, that's the Lamb of God. The one that takes away the sins of the world. Or the one he would point to Messiah, to the Savior, the shadow in which he served, and he would point to him and say, he must increase, but I must decrease. That's this same John, this same region, where he's not really known for major miraculous things. He's just known for faithfulness. He's known, well, what are we to do? We're to follow in the footsteps, I believe, of John. That's really what ministry is all about talking about Jesus, pointing people to Jesus, exalting Jesus. And in a very real way, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. To make sure that when you see me, that you are taken right to the very cross of Jesus Christ. That when you encounter me, that I take that opportunity to lift your eyes heavenward. And you begin to look at your life, and I hope you pray and fast this week. I hope you just seek God. Why am I here? Let him speak to you. Why the difficulties? Why the hardships? Why the trials? I mean, you can fill in the blank. We could spend a whole service just listening to the difficulty that's in our lives. We could spend over and over one, just the whole service just coming up, just share one 60 seconds of the difficulty in your life. Minute after minute after minute would be a testimony of the faithfulness of God, of using all circumstances, working them together, Because God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And as we live and trust him, he'll show us. I mean, we may not know now, but there's so many things we look back on, don't we? And we go, oh, yeah. Yes, I see now, Lord. I see what you're doing. I know. So pray and fast this week, church. Pick a day. Pick a couple days. Just pray and fast for your life. Pray and fast for what God wants to do in your life. Ask him, why am I set apart, God? Why have I been sent into this world? Why do I live in this apartment? Why do I work here? Why am I in this relationship? Why, Lord? And I believe that as you're ministering to the Lord and you're fasting, the Holy Spirit will speak. It'll be through a scripture. Maybe somebody will text you. Maybe you'll get a phone call. Maybe it'll be through a Bible study. Maybe it's on Grace FM. Maybe who knows how God wants to speak. But let me tell you something. He is ready to speak into your life. Just ask him and be open and ready. And you know, not everybody coming to you wants an answer. But I think if we learn to be patient like the Lord, man, he'll use us in a great way. 
Hey, thanks for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're going through the Gospel of John right now, and you can hear this message again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through our app. Search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. And we're also on OnePlace.com and have a podcast, too. We all have stubborn habits in our lives. Maybe it's a tendency to worry, drink alcohol, lust, or curse. And perhaps you're finding it very difficult to break. Well, we've got a helpful book to share with you from Erwin Lutzer called How to Break a Stubborn Habit. As the name of the title would suggest, this book will help you shake that nasty habit. We'll send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Just call and ask for How to Break a Stubborn Habit. Our number is 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. You can also order online at calvaryco.store. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. And as we deliver God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call us at 877-30-GRACE. Well, next time on Abounding Grace, we'll continue Pastor Ed Taylor's study of John. Thank you for listening today, and we'll look for you tomorrow as we open the Word together in search of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.